Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Average African Kid Podcast. Now, it has been a while and I promise you I have been recording episodes. I've just not been able to post them up. I feel this one is going to be a collective of what has been happening and as we push forward into better and more beautiful episodes. Okay, we're talking about the election season. Now, before we start, let me tell you about what I'm drinking. <laughs> By the way, this isn't sponsored. I'm drinking tea with ginger, chamomile, cinnamon, and some strawberry tea added to it. So it's actually a really nice blend. It's not a sponsored post or anything. This is just me. <laughs> and it's actually not even a product. It's a combination of different teas and home recipes. So let's get right into the episode, shall we? We're talking about the election season and all that happened. If you follow the Nigerian elections at all, you will know that there has been a lot of controversy about the results of the election. And why I see this is that people wanted Peter Obi to win. Um, They had PDP, APC and Labour Party. And from all indications, it seems that... Labour Party actually won the election. Now, argue as you may, but everything is pointing to rigging by APC and PDP. And even with that rigging, Labour Party has about a rough split of all the states between three parties. So all the three parties split all the states within themselves and Labour Party won the federal capital territory. Now, if you checked out the channel, the Average African Kid YouTube channel, you can go check it out. You see that I talked about this because during the election two weeks ago, we were at the polling booth and we waited for eight hours. We got there about 9, 30, 10 a.m. And we waited there till 4 p.m. What was that? 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 4. So about, yeah, you, you get the picture. We were there all day and no one came. Nobody said anything. It was just like, okay, let's just leave them. And we got to talk with someone on the phone. And the officer that was around, she was like a, I think it's like an inspection officer. Someone that makes sure that no more practice happens. She was like on the phone and she put it on a loudspeaker for us to hear. And the word they were giving was that they know that this, this area, this is Delta State, by the way, is hot for Peter B. So they're trying to not release the ballots. So that's what happened. They didn't release the ballots. And then what happened is that many people who were supposed to vote that they didn't show up to vote the next day, which was Sunday in the evening. So they decreased the voting counts. They suppressed voting by that. And although I checked the website, INEX website, and the results were still, they looked like they were not tampered with. But the actual reality was that the fact that elections did not hold that same day was supposed to hold. Many people who were supposed to vote didn't vote. And many other coalition centers in Delta states were not properly accounted for. Many other ones, they didn't come or they cheated and stuff. And it's very frustrating because you'll be seeing, <laughs> Loki, I, I wonder this thing, who, do they think that there were kids? Do they think that we don't know what's happening? Because we look and we see 
the INEC results, go online. If you just check any form, you see it. An INEC result, and on that INEC result, what you see is that um, somebody has used pen to to cancel the right number and put another number, or use the paper, a white paper, and put it on top. And they're like, and I'm like, do these people think that we do not know these things? Who are they trying to fool? Even a three-year-old of home in primary four can actually knock out these tricks even better than they executed them. Tea break. So it's actually very funny, hilarious, and frustrating to realize that they don't really care that they're rigging it, and it's so obvious that they're rigging it. Like we know, we know these things, and it's and with this new Beaver system, it's so clear. Beavers is like the new electronic system that they chose to use for the election process. And although they went semi-automatic, they didn't fix all the quirks because they should have been uploading the results live online, which is another problem. So we wonder, and I'm looking at these guys, I'm like, do they think people in Nigeria are fools? Like, I don't know if there's anybody, I don't know who in their right mind will look up at the election and say that it was a free and fair election. Because it wasn't in many regards. And that all brings us into a lot of aspects about things. Many people are like, oh, no, no, the election was rigged. Oh, no, we're not staying in this country again. But I'm glad that Peter B decided to let the election um, take its course. And after that, going to, go to the Court of Appeals. So that's where things are right now. We don't know if there's any, going to be any change with the courts, but at least... He's taking it to the courts as opposed to letting the people riot and causing a large death toll, which would not have been fun and which would not have been in the best interest of the country. So with that out of the way, let's talk about the guy who was elected, Tinubu. Now, I wish this was one of those podcasts that I had all the stats on Tinubu and I'll give you all the information and the backstory. But this is just not that kind of podcast. This is life perspectives of young Africans and myself at this point in time, Toya. And honestly, for a long time, I thought that Tinubu was an incoherent old man who did not even realize he was running and who was going to be manipulated by the masses of those who sought power, the hungry power grabbers who we did not see on screen. That's what I thought. Until after the inauguration, or not the inauguration, the celebration party, the day after they announced the results that APC won, in quotes, the election. And then what I see is that I see in the comments in YouTube, someone is like, oh yeah, increase the speed to 1.5 times for Tinibuda's normal talking speed. And I'm like, <laughs> just for kicks. And I do it. And I increased the speed to 1.5 times. And there I am just laughing like, ha, oh, wow. He actually sounds coherent. He actually sounds like someone who knows what he's talking about. And when you see that, when you hear that, you can either be hilariously laughing at it, which I did initially, or you can start getting kind of a bit scared or kind of a bit confused because you're like, wait a minute. So what I ended up doing was I ended up going back and playing some of his old propaganda speeches at 1.5 times the speed. And when I listened, I'm like, his old propaganda speeches and interviews, I'm like, what? This guy's actually speaking sense. Funny enough, this guy actually has a plan. 
whether it's going to be good for the country or not, I really don't know. Whether it's going, he's going to be the president or is he going to be overturned, we can only hope. But even if he's not overturned, this guy actually has a plan. And I agree with the plan or not, I think it's worth going back and relisting at 1.5 times the speed. Yes, this guy was in, in the Tollgate ma- massacre. He was the hand behind the scenes in many things. Yes, he's older, but... The fact that he's older does not necessarily mean that he doesn't he's um he has dementia or that he doesn't know what he's talking about. Another coffee break. And you might be saying, what is this guy talking about? I'm about to unsubscribe from this podcast. Well, hear me out. Hear me out, okay? I'm saying all these things because there's some things in life we can change and others that we cannot change. What if we can't change the president after all the the judicial processes? What if our country is unfair and we still have rigging even in the judiciary? If that happens, we are stuck with this man for four years. And I think if we are, it will be best to go back and listen to what he has to say at 1.5 times the speed. <laughs> so go back, go back and try it out for yourself. 1.5 times the speed. Does it actually work? Let me know. Leave a comment. Whether you're you're listening on the podcast, leave a comment. I can see the comments. Or whether it's on YouTube, wherever you are. Does it work? Did you actually catch what he was trying to say? So I feel Tinubu is a coherent guy who is just living in a different time zone and timeline as the rest of us. And he might be able to do some good. Might. A big might. Hopefully, if he stays the president, he does something good. Hopefully. But if he doesn't stay the president and Peter B comes in, hopefully Peter B does better. We can only hope and pray. Uh, the last part we were really very much concerned about was the fact that in all these things, the real losers are probably the young people. And although Tinubu is much older, you would expect that because he's much older, the younger people are going to retaliate and go out and vote. And they did, but they didn't at the same time. Do you believe me? Many of your young friends did not have voters cards. And you can chuck it up to the fact that the process was difficult to get at the very end where they disenfranchised voters from getting their PVCs where they charged money. Yes, you can say all of that, which you should say. But the reality is that many young people do not have their PVCs. And I can tell you for one, I don't have my PVC. And you're shocked. Like, wait, you just told us that you waited eight hours at the polling booth. What were you doing there? Well, my mom had hers and I was there to support. So... I didn't have mine, so I just went there as a support and stayed the whole time. Because if I had mine, I would have been there, right there. And the issue, the reason I don't have mine is actually a different story entirely. I go to the voters registration points and I, I tell them, like, okay, I want, I want to register vote, to vote. Like, great, great, great. First time voter, no problem. So, these guys, they process all my information. And at the very end, there was a lady beside me. I don't know how, but this dude, this officer, literally switched all my information with her. He gave her my date of birth, my name, my local government, everything. He used her fingerprints and her face on my information. 
and used mine on hers and hers on mine, which is kind of insane. In other words, when it was done, someone else had my identity as a voter. And then he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, let, let's redo it. Let's redo it. So he did it a second time. And he still made some errors on mine, which actually made me livid. But I was actually in such a cool state of mind that I couldn't get angry. I was like, what in the world just happened? So the time for correction comes. He tells us that no, wahala, he will correct all the things. He will correct it. He will correct it. Okay, you correct it. You say, don't worry, don't worry. Find out that he never corrected it. At the end of the day, neither of us have voter's cards. I'm glad, I'm glad they cancelled it. Don't get me wrong because... I won't like anybody to have my information and then I will be trying to vote with someone else's name. <laughs> Imagine my name will paint as Oluchi. That's not my name, but that would have been my voter's ID card. Oluchi and you'll see my picture. But it's like, okay, so how did this happen? So I was very sad that I couldn't vote. But this is a picture of many young people. They don't vote and another thing is that their voting polling units are far from where they are. Some are supposed to be voting in Wari and they are in Lagos. Some are supposed to be voting in the village and they are in Potakot. Some are supposed to be voting in Calabar and they are in Benin, Edo State. You get the picture. So the difficulty in switching your polling booth is a big challenge. And the fact that they say that, okay, you must only vote in your polling booth also makes it a bigger challenge. So there were so many obstacles I feel could have been avoided if they really wanted young people to vote, which they didn't. Those are the things we saw. Those were the problems we faced during this election period. Now, I'm not one who leaves a gloom and doom. I like to look at the positives. And as a matter of fact, I don't look at the glass as half full. I look at the glass as always full because the glass has air in it, it has water, it has particles from the glass itself and it has a potential to be filled again when the time is right. So there are many positives including the fact that a party that no one knew well before Peter B came on the scenes almost like three or four months ago actually won the federal capital territory, won Lagos state, won Delta state, won 12 states apart from the FCT. Don't quote me yet on that. That's the information I got and, and I'm not completely sure of that. But I'm very sure about the FCT, Delta state and Lagos state. They won a lot of states. That's my point to say. And a party that no one really waged or gave them any light of day that they will have a chance in the election they just came out and swept the whole country if not for rigging it would have been a clear winner and that shows progress that shows that nigerians are taking the issues into our own hands tea break so what does that mean it means that the next election that comes around oops I touched the mic. The next election that comes around, we have to go out and get our PVCs. Like for sure, I am going to get my PVC. Like immediately the opportunity arises, I am going to get it again. I'm going to try and by God's grace get it. Maybe before all the heat comes out, when the people are like fighting over things. Maybe when it's still calm, I go get it and I pray I get my card, my actual card, which would be nice. 
Many people do the same. And I believe that there's a future for us. You see, my hope as a, ch- as a Christian, as a child of God, is not in the system of this world. Now, you can see Nigerians are very religious. But we also, also learned not to trust in our government or the systems of governments. Maybe like in America, you look at the structure like, oh, wow, there's structure here. Or Canada or Switzerland or the UK or Germany or Russia. You're like, oh, they have structure. But we don't look at the structure. We don't look at our leaders and say they are, they are our hope. No, we look to the Lord Jesus and like, God, you are my hope. You are the only one that can get me through this whole situation. So I trust you. And with that, I push forward into trying to achieve all you have for me. So in other words, the reason Nigerians are successful is despite of the government. You don't look at the circumstances around you to dictate your mood and how you succeed. Don't say that, oh, because the president is chosen, therefore we are all going to die. No. You trust God and you push and you do your best. By the way, as another episode entirely, I realized that from talking with people that the change that Nigerians want to see is not the kind of change that they want to be seen in them. It's the kind of change of external power to say that, oh, my own person has gone into office. But then what about you? Are you willing to change? That's going to be a whole another episode talking about the internal motivation to make a country different. Or just an individual different. That's a different episode. But I hope this one drives home to you. Because the reality of things is that things will never really change unless the people in the community change it. That's why you see revivals usually start from the ground up. They start from the people and it rises up to the nation. At least that's how that was the case in Nineveh at the time. When the people repented because God told them that they would destroy the land. And then after the Ninevites repented, then the king saw it and then he too organized a nationwide fast and even the camels fasted too, which is kind of kind of amazing that animals also fasted <laughs> by force, but hey, it's necessary. So that's the election process. Elections have been fun and I think I have had more fun with this election than any other election in the past. I never thought I'll be interested in politics, but everyone is interested in politics now because politics defines our future and our lives. For the governorship elections that are coming up for us right now, as I'm recording this, they are coming up tomorrow. And I believe that states that lost to Labour Party are waking up and they're going to try and rig the election harder than ever before. So by tomorrow, we'll find out if their rigging helped change the outcomes or if the people's voice still prevailed. I'm not saying that the Labour Party is supposed to win in every state, but I am saying that many states, they are tired of the um, debts. Like right now, Delta State has a lot of issues with our past governor, who actually ran for president, Okoa, ran for vice president. If we get other situations of people who are trying to exploit the states and the country, then it's going to be hard road back. Ah. <sighs> Remember what I said again, we don't trust in the system of this world, we trust in the Lord. Make sense? Okay, so let's end on a lighter note, shall we? One more thing. Think of the positives. One positive is that I could have had two voters cards and two identities. (laughs) And also is that people are waking up to the voices of the masses. And they realize that our voices are important, what we say. What we say determines our world. What we do 
determines our reality. Okay, that's where I'm going to leave you guys tonight. Have a wonderful night. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Stay amazing.